What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey there. We at Blue Wire wanted to thank you for your continued support of this podcast. With over 90 podcasts across our network, we are committed to bringing you great content to fill that sport-shaped hole in your heart. To find more Blue Wire pods, search for us on iTunes or check out bluewirepods.com. And remember, one day sports will return and it will be glorious. Thanks for listening. On to the show. In the Know, the Bourbon Street Shots Podcast. We're your hosts, Schmidt Duop and Mason Ginsberg, and this is all Pelicans all the time. Bag. I hope you guys enjoy it. Okay, next question. Will the Pelicans bring in Didi this offseason? Uh, and that's from our buddy Kane. Yeah, and I I, I think the answer is yes. I mean, I, I feel like that was the intention all along. Maybe maybe even, you know, towards the end of this season if things had played a certain way. But um, but um, I, I think the more interesting question, and unless, number one, you disagree with that, I feel like, I feel like that's, the, that's what the Pelicans would like to do. Um, but, um, well, before I go on, I have a, I have a follow-up question to Kane. So do you agree that that's going to happen or that, that it would be, it's likely that it happens? Oh yeah. I think they, okay. they bring him over. Uh, they try to get him into the system. I don't think they risk him signing with a European league because it's harder to get out of those contracts. Yeah. Okay. And so I guess, so specifically the question I'm wondering about is does this pandemic and what's happening in the NBA this year, uh, or recently, does that, change the likelihood up or down materially in, in your mind so is it more likely now than it was before or is it less likely now than it was before that they would they would bring dd in for next season or, or no change no change okay um interesting yeah I, I mean i feel like it may even increase the odds um just uh I, I, because of draft uncertainty and just having even less information um and not to say that the Pelicans don't know what they're doing, but I think, you know, even having, having less of a sample size from college players, having less film, like you said earlier, to look at, like, at least you feel like you know what you, you have a better idea of what you're getting in, in DD. Um, and so uh, I, I think maybe it, it, this all makes it more likely that he comes over. Um, Dude, that's why you draft Poku, because you basically, I mean, like, I doubt Poku would want to stash, but you treat him as a redshirt player. 
and and you know because you're already banking on whatever that maybe is a sure thing with Didi. He's definitely not a sure thing. Um, but he's a you know like a more familiar thing, and you bring in Poku and you treat him as a red shirt that Jackson Hayes was supposed to be until all kinds of injuries happened, and uh, you slowly bring him along because the thing with the Pelicans is yes, on average a draft pick doesn't produce the first three years, but they don't need that from any draft pick. Mm-hmm. They don't need you know production. They already have um, a bevy of young talent that uh, a boatload of young talent that they're already trying to develop. And they are also in an interesting situation where they're ready to be a good team as well. So like they can afford to bring a guy like Poku along slowly and make sure he's developing right in, and he is going through the proper process. Unlike a guy like Marquise Chris or, or even like, you know, like what Phoenix tried to do with Dragon Bender. Um, those guys were thrown onto the fire in a bad team and expected to produce starter level minutes. Whereas, I don't think that would be the case with a guy like Poku and you could, you could take a big swing and afford for him to develop slowly and yes, bring DD over and treat your, treat your 2020 draft pick as a, as a red shirt. And and so good. So Samuel Wilcher asked a follow-up question around DD and and I think it ties in well. It's where, where, what pick or where do you think he would be drafted in this, in this season's draft or the summer? Is he first round pick? Yes. I think he is a first round pick in the twenties. Yeah. He was, he was what, late thirties for us? Thirty five. Thirty five or thirty nine. Well, one of those were those picks were traded for each other or something like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. I think yeah, I think be- it's definitely borderline. I mean I could I could see I could see him sneaking into the end of the first round. Yeah, I mean I I don't know I I I think he could be first round because like, yeah I think he could be a first round pick this year. Yeah. Um, all right. Um, we gotta uh, we gotta hit some of the, uh, some of the Tejada's questions because these are these are good. Um, I think all three of them are good. Um. So the first one is Pel- Pelicans, really. Let's start with that. So how, uh, how close do you think the Pelicans get to their level of play pre-COVID if the season's to resume with all, games, with all games to be played? So obviously we already mentioned that Darius Miller is the key to success and the Pelicans would be even better um, you know, when he gets back. Um, so I, I feel like it's a hard question to evaluate just because the schedule gets so tissue paper soft. And, and so like it's hard to, understand, to know really, truly how much better they're playing because they're playing against shit teams. But like, um, or and it, it, you know, even if you, you know, or, or do you is the automatic assumption if they play well against the soft schedule that they got back to their pre- prior level of play and even got better, or how do we level set against, you know, the level set the schedule against performance? Um, it's 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 difficult for me to to do, but um, do you have, you know, do you you have thoughts? Do you think do you think they would get back to where they were? Do you feel like well, you know? So, like, normally you I, – I would say, like, you look at the soft schedule and the teams that were, like, losing teams are probably going to be even worse because they've had all this time off and really, like, what motivation do they have to get, really gear up for the next 15 games? Like, they don't – the problem is the Pelicans are also playing a large subset of teams that are in line for the playoff chase as well. So, uh, Portland, Sacramento, Memphis, uh, San Antonio, multiple times uh, they're playing – you know, that, that group of teams that is in the playoff chase and all those teams are going to be thinking like, this is our only shot and they're, they're going to try to go hard. 
And I feel like if the regular season was continuous and they had the wear and tear of the whole season on them and the Pelicans had this momentum, it would have been a little bit easier. And I feel like it's more coin flippy. But um, my other answer is that Brandon Ingram spent a whole off season uh, unable to shoot the ball and came back shooting 40% from three and 85% from the free throw line. Um, I'm assuming he is now also spent a few months not doing anything. So I expect him to shoot like 60% from three and about a hundred percent from the free throw line. And, and if that's the case, if, you know, people like to point out trends, that's, that's a trend. I think that's how statistics work. It's the cubic fit. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think that if Brandon Ingram plays that well, the Pelicans will have no problem making the playoffs. Well then that, that would mean that what jaw, Jaw's going to shoot 100% from three? Is that what, if, what if this is like we get spring um, – we get preseason Nikhil back? Um, are you talking about his play or his, uh, his singing abilities? Yes. <laughs> oh, that would be nice. And then, you, and then based on your prior logic, you trade the hell out of him in the offseason. Um, what prior logic, Mason? We didn't talk about that. <laughs> Uh, oh, fair enough. <laughs> oh, man. Um, well, what about the other questions? Um, so these are both these are both good. Um, I want to hit the number three before we go to number two. Any impulse purchases during quarantine? No. I mean, <clears throat> technically, yes. I bought an undisclosed amount of stock in um in a tanker oil company when the oil was crashing that certainly qualifies <laughs> and um and i did well with it and and uh that was extremely impulsed by in a total gamble um i was very bored hmm. um but i sold the next day so and and did did day well. trading Schmidt, watch out watch out world <laughs> That's the only, yeah. I don't, I don't trade. I'm not, a, I'm not a stock market person. I don't trade. And so that's why it qualifies as a very impulse thing to do. And I got out because again, like I said, I don't, I don't fool with this stuff. So I got out, but I was like, Oh, my logic was like, man, oil is really crashing. I wonder what industries do really well when oil is cheap. And then obviously like the answer is like the transportation industry I and mean, like airlines and cars are all shut down. It's like, that's not going to be the case. Yeah. Um, and so there's ship. I mean, then I was like, Oh, well, shipping hasn't really stopped. And specifically like, um, like tanker shippers where they, like part of the problem with the oil was like, they were running out of physical storage space and like, well, these tanker shippers like literally store oil and they also use oil. So like their, their costs of like moving their product is uh, cheaper um and so it was like a total gamble and could have completely backfired but i was like yeah like let me just invest in this like uh, tanker company stock and um it turned out to be a good bit nice nice that's awesome um i i don't i, I haven't really i've been i don't have any impulse purchases unless you count like <laughs> unless you count booze i feel like so it's and it, it the whole you know, self quarantining and having to spend seven days a week in, in your own home and, and not doing stuff out, out and about, you know, I, I, I thought that, you know, everyone's shared about the, uh, about their health and being very careful. And I was, 
you know, I, I, I think in my life historically, I have uh, this, what this last couple months have taught me is that I think I've drastically overplayed the role of alcohol in my likelihood of getting sick and underplayed just everything else. And like, I feel like knock on wood, I've been very healthy over the past month or two. And, and my, I'm definitely drinking alcohol more frequently, uh, just like just than I was before. You're turning but, as an alcoholic. No, no, I'm not going that far. Uh, <laughs> uh, sure. Hope not. But, um, you're just but, turning but, back into a New Orleanian. It's okay. Yeah, yeah. Fair enough. But like the other side of it is like, you know, I, I guess I, I feel like just I've undersold in my life that the risk or just like the, the likelihood of, of getting sick just from day-to-day life. And like, especially like in Chicago or other big cities, like the public the commute to work and public transit, like all this stuff is just like, you're so likely to pick up just random germs. And I feel like I, I, you know, I think the fact that I haven't really, again, knock on wood, had any sort of anything remotely close to even just like a cold is like telling me how much that your environment really plays into your, your health, you know? Were you someone that got sick frequently? No, no, I probably, I mean, relatively infrequently, but, um, but I did, I mean, like, I think I definitely got colds more often, especially once I moved to Chicago, the weather is probably part of that. The, the, the public commute rather than driving to work every day, I think is part of it. But like, I don't think I, I don't think I really realized the degree to which that's true until this last couple of months. Do you remember when we did a podcast in live when you were really, really sick? Oh yeah. No, oh like yeah. Two feet I was just across from me. Like that's not something that would happen post COVID. <laughs> no, I was just like <laughs> running, running into, yeah, it was after the open practice. And like after I spoke every time I'd mute and, or not, I said not to mute myself because we were right next to each other. And I would just like run into the concourse and just cough up a lung and then come back. <laughs> oh my god it was bad that was yeah uh definitely reflecting on my (laughs) hygienic choices in the past um but you know my other as far as like impulse purchases go like random uber eat stuff yeah um, i actually impulse discounting crazy on that stuff i feel like lately yeah i also impulse purchased a um a speed parachute like you know when you attach to your like waist or whatnot and and do a sprint with because i was like i am bored and i want to i'm bored of like running regular sprints and there's no hills in new orleans yeah no yeah yeah i guess i I don't know if qualifies as an impulse purchase but uh i uh you know i was i was talking to you about running shoes because like i hadn't bought new running shoes in a while and now that (laughs) the gyms are gone it's basically home workouts and running more and so um you know it's definitely a, a coronavirus themed purchase because i'm getting back into running and finally feeling like i'm getting my running stamina up more which which feels kind of which feels pretty good and and yeah i mean we're we're <laughs> i've never i never knew the value of canned goods other than to eat until i'm now using them as like weights for for some cardio and, and my workouts <laughs> workouts that are so our our gym is has doing online classes now where you just like can literally some classes are no weight no, nothing at all and then others are like just using canned goods and like you'd be surprised how how, how tired and, and heavy your shoulders start to feel after a half an hour of this stuff it's i never imagined it possible oh yeah i bet <laughs> lifting them cans of beans baby <laughs> There's no shortage of action going on at our exclusive partner, Bet Online. NASCAR is back, and Bet Online has hundreds of other games, events, and sports to get in on. You can still bet on simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC events 24 7. 
or you can participate in a $10,000 Madden Bracket Challenge, a March Madness-style NFL simulation tournament you can enter for free. And coming up next Sunday, BetOnline has ex-Chicago Bulls Ron Harper, Horace Grant, Bill Cartwright, and Craig Hodges joining them to discuss the Michael Jordan documentary on what they're calling The Final Dance. Visit betonline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus and check out all the action. BetOnline, your online wagering solution. I guess that leads really nicely into his his last question, which is what are the top three things y'all are going <laughs> to do once things are back to normal? Yeah. I mean, number one for me is very easy. Uh, well, actually, number one and number two is pretty easy because I my my bachelor party was supposed to be tomorrow, <laughs> leaving tomorrow for the weekend. Uh, yeah. So and obviously that's canceled. And then our, our wedding plans are still TBD at this point. We're going to make a call for sure at the end of the month because that was supposed to be at the end of August. And so that's like getting all that figured out uh, is certainly a priority number one. Um, and that's, I mean, we'll probably have to figure things out before things are truly back to normal, but like getting, you know, actually doing those things, it would be, would be awesome. Um, and then also just like, we moved during this, like a month ago, we moved to neighborhoods and we're in like the foodie part of town now. And like, there's so many good restaurants that we want to go eat at. And some of them are open for takeout, but like, it's still not really the same. Um, so we're, we're looking forward to like, to just, just going to these restaurants and, and, even and and stealing reservations when they're even only at 25% operating capacity, which is probably what's going to happen to start out something like that. But um, so, yeah. And then like, so those are the the two big things. I mean, there, there are probably a ton of other stuff like, like the gym, I guess, but, uh, but that's, that's what I'm thinking about. What about you? Yeah. Nothing is like important as a wedding or a bachelor's party. Um, Just playing Frisbee, just having someone to throw with. And actually playing an organized game. That's yeah, that's what I want the most. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I thought about that. Like, I saw, like, pictures from, like, ty- like on this day on Facebook. And I was like, oh, yeah, it's, like, baseball season right now. And I, I was – I've been – I played every single year since I was a kid. Like, even I found men's leagues every summer, every city I've been in. This is the first one now that's, like, I'm not playing. And so my shoulder is probably thanking me because um, I'm – can certainly use a season off um but you're gonna come back yeah, like brandon so ingram pitching 90 miles an hour baby yeah yeah but we'll we'll we'll, we'll see when that happens but uh but yeah i mean I, yeah organized sports is definitely something that, that i'm missing cool well final question for the podcast and it is also it's actually it's it's, it's two final questions um they're both silly so i feel like it's a good way to end it um, they're both from the same person, Anthony Enriquez. Yeah. And the first question is, did you see the Pelicans related stats people trying to hype up Etwan Moore's three point percentage? And how does that make you feel? Uncle E, why would that make me feel bad? Wait, wait like it, he's a, he's, he's been one of the most consistently good three point shooters in the league. <laughs> I don't understand why that's a, you know, why that could be. Who are the thing. Pelicans related stats people? Like, are they like, people specifically on Twitter that are more stats oriented and they're hyping it up. Is it the Pelican stat people themselves? Like, you know, the, the team account and the PR account, like who, who are these stat people? So I feel like there's gotta be some sort of clarification because there aren't that many. I think Jim posted something from the, on like on the Pelicans website. I think, I think there is something that recently came out about that. Okay. Cause like, yeah, I was like, there's not that many like analytical people on Pell's Twitter. There's a bunch of people that want to be analytical. 
Um, but yes, uh, I feel like there's nothing going on. So if they want to hype up Ethan Moore's three point percentage, great. Um, that's fabulous. Good for Ethan. I have spoken at many lengths about Etwan on the history of this podcast, and my opinion is well known. <laughs> and yeah, I and I'm so I almost forgot about this question. I'm so glad. I know what you're going to close with, and it was hilarious. And so I'm I'm excited about this. Okay, so who would what would you <laughs> rather be, Derek Favors, when he told New Orleans, uh, when he told the New Orleans cab driver that he is a Falcons fan, or would you rather be Josh Hart's keyboard? <laughs> the Josh Hart's keyboard part was so funny. I I lost it when I saw that. Um, pro- I mean, probably favors. Yeah, would like, I rather be broken in half, or <laughs> would I tell someone that I? Like- and also, you're Derek Favors. You're like you're seven feet tall. I think you're gonna be fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I would I would rather be Derek Favors because that means I make seventeen million dollars, and I play yeah. basketball for a living. I'm not a keyboard being broken in half. What kind of question is that? Why would I be a keyboard? <laughs> you think Josh Hart gets that heated in the middle of a basketball game? I, I want to say so, um, but also he's the guy that makes jokes about no one high-fiving him in the middle of a basketball game. So like he's, maybe he's just bipolar. I don't know. <laughs> Do you think he actually feels that way or he does, does it for the camera? The the keyboard breaking because this isn't this is not the first time he's destroyed video game equipment. <laughs> uh, I mean, he could be accentuating certain things, but I, I I believe like he's he gets that frustrated. And I'd like, I like to consider myself a gamer, and I played I've played a lot of online game, like especially like, like arena shooters. Like I played like I feel like which are some of like the most toxic um <laughs> online communities when it comes to gaming um which he was playing an arena shooter as well but yeah i've i've, I've played a, a, a lot in my career and and i've never like i've experienced like moments where i'm like wow that was like that was ridiculous like that shouldn't have happened and i've been like upset but i've never ever like thrown my controller or headset or keyboard um we're just done anything destructive with my property. And I guess like part of that is because like I had to like fight for any video game that I could own growing up. Um, Like my parents weren't very supportive of it and just for other reasons. But so like, maybe like if I, if I just had like access to any kind of like console or gaming system I wanted at at the tip of my fingertips, I'd be more careless with it. I don't know. I, I just never felt the desire to destroy my own property in that fashion yeah i mean the one significant difference is obviously like josh hart makes more money than us <laughs> and he could I, he could have a storage closet full of just backup equipment if he's That's, if he knows he plays games like that right <laughs> and honestly if i had that i would not hesitate to if i get really pissed just one of my like there's like uh so this <laughs> actually ties into the uh the, the uh the billions premiere the end of the episode and i i haven't seen this before maybe i've seen this once before in some other type of uh video or something but like it's basically a room where you just go and you can break shit (laughs) like yo i was just about to suggest i was like if i had enough money i would just like have one of those in my house like i know there's like there's like 
businesses that let you do that, like bachelor party event type businesses. Yep. That's like axe so throwing. That's what it was. It was like it was a business. Yeah. But like, if I was like rich enough, I would just have one in my house where I could like, throw, like <laughs> just like full of like breakable things that are yep. like really cheap China or furniture. And like, I'd get to like replenish like every month or so. And just like break things. Like I did say like, you know, like the, I guess the one time I could feel similar is like, I don't know. I was in high school at some, and at, I was, I forget what I was mad at specifically. Cause I, obviously like, i don't know I, I was i forget what i was mad at specifically but i had a ninja star um that i owned and i was very upset and i threw the ninja star at my closet door and it embedded itself in the door and there's been a hole in my closet door or uh since then where the ninja star was um but yeah that is the the most destructive i've been with my property but i would love a room where i could throw many ninja stars That'd be cool. Or like have slingshots and stuff. Just go in there with like safety goggles. Love that. Yeah. That, I mean, that'd be so much fun. Yeah. What's the, what's the, what's the most you would pay right now to do that? Like where you could justify it and say like, ah, eh, that was a cool one time thing. I don't know. Probably not more than 200. Depending on how long, like, do I get to be in there for an hour? Yeah, just two hundred. Like how many things hour. could you possibly break? You know, <laughs> two hundred for the hour. That's the most I would pay. Yeah, I don't. I, th- I don't think I would go that high unless, uh, unless the, you tur- you get you can gamify it and like do it with a group of people and like whoever like you get points for breaking stuff. Like then I could get into it big time. Yeah. 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 Well, I. 200 but like i have access to a wrecking ball <laughs> and i can like destroy buildings <laughs> take it up a level love it they should like like the like cities should raise money by like letting amateurs like demolish buildings that need to be demolished and like it's like oh you pay like however much money to do this and that's like and all that money just goes to the city that'd be that cool great idea and and instead of paying professionals, they would be making money off of it. Yeah, makes sense to me. Elect me, please. I am a politician. And, and the the insurance that you would probably owe for for a, a business like that, you could probably still turn a profit. I, I think I think that makes a lot of sense. Yes, it is the model. It's it's the model that I would instill if I um, conquered the world with my iPhone and, and my cities, like I would, I would have that part of part of my city planning is to like menial, like destruction tasks instead of like employing people, just like outsource it to public citizens and have them pay for the privilege to break shit. And that is what I would do with my iPhone power. Imagine what I could do with an Android. (laughs) See, that's, that's where, uh, that's where I thought we would go with that question. Neither of us did because we're both we're both Android guys, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, we we'd be fucked because we don't know how how iPhones work. <laughs> we would just be able to do less. We still have access to everything in the world uh, via the internet. We just have less capabilities on our phone. It'd just be a little slower. And then four years from now, when Apple pushes out an update, we'd be screwed. We'd be, we'd be part of planned obsolescence. 
speaking of which, I am planning to make this podcast obsolete by ending it. So thank you for listening, folks. I hope this was an entertaining one for you. member to save hundreds on your auto loan, aren't you? Anyone can join PenFed. As someone terrified of heights, I probably should have looked into that. Probably. Drop me off at the shore. PenFed Credit Union. Visit PenFed.org slash autos or call 1-800-247-5626. Advertised rates available through the PenFed car buying service. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Hello everyone, my name's Colin Kelly and I have one question for you. Do you love fantasy football and do you want to win in 2021? Then be sure to check out Rotoviz Overtime and all the other Rotoviz podcasts with new shows dropping every day on Blue Wire. We've got you covered for all things fantasy football. Subscribe to Rotoviz Overtime today.